Every Wednesday at 1110, we talk to Jack Windsor. Now he joins us on this Thursday. Jack, thank you very much for joining us, the founder and editor-in-chief of the Ohio Press Network, also our Statehouse correspondent. Good to have you back, my friend. How are you? Bob, I'm super fantastic. I'm on the road today. Hopefully there aren't any gremlins in my phone and my signal is strong. Uh, thanks for choosing me. Great to be back with you and the listeners. I hope there's no gremlins in the engine, too. Let's uh, let's make that safe. <laughs> um, Amen. Jack, Jack, I wanted to play that before you came on because you, like me, have a football background, uh, and um, you know, and you are also a person of faith. Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. I know both of those things about you are are both very very strong in you. What is your reaction? to the movement, you know, one would have thought that the Supreme Court decision in the Washington versus Coach Kennedy case that was decided last year, which said Coach Kenny, who was terminated for kneeling in prayer with his team after games to thank God for keeping everybody healthy and so forth, uh, that he did have a right to do that. Um, one would think that they would stop this stuff, trying to stop prayer from being involved in sports and particularly in football. So how do you react to what you uh you know, not only Dion, what what I just shared, he is obviously a very, very, you know, man of deep faith and, and love of the Lord, uh, but those who are trying to silence him. Well, I, first of all, it's disgusting. It's hypocritical. But it's the world we live in. And frankly, it's the world we've lived in for a long time. I mean, you're asking my opinion, so I'll give it to you. Uh, the unrighteous hate righteousness. Evil hates God. So are we surprised? I mean, if Deion Sanders had put on a banana hammock and danced on a stripper pole, he would have been praised and probably been the Time Magazine Man of the Year. Uh, but instead, he talks about in awe uh, his faith in God and his winning the position at Colorado. And we're supposed to think that he's, um, you know, first of all, infringing on some constitutional right. It's been made very clear. He's not trying to establish a religion, uh, you know, and, and frankly, what they're doing is, is they're prohibiting and they're trying to intimidate him from his worship, his way of living. It's disgusting, man. Uh, I'm sick of it. I'm absolutely sick of it. If it Look, we, we kneel and bow and pray at the altar of wokeism every single day and all the vile things that the unrighteous love, and that's okay. But here's a man, a black man nonetheless, not that I want to play identity politics, but a black man nonetheless who loves God, who loves the Lord, and is paying homage to an opportunity that he earned. It is absolutely repulsive and disgusting. And at some point, I hope we go as a culture, where's the line? Where's the line beyond which this is just absolute asinine insanity? I'm sick of it, man. I'm just sick of it. That is a great response. And um, just to dovetail off of it for a second, um, you know, I think if he had have taken that podium or that dais and, and spoken on the day of that introduction about how he believes so much in inclusivity that he's going to invite trans players to join his football team and he wants to make sure that a certain percentage of his team reflects that of the population if he wanted to make sure that everybody knows that his team is going to be openly inclusive of virtually every marginalized group and that black lives matter was going to be a core tenet of his uh his his team his staff his vision uh everything that they do as a program i'm wondering if anybody on this uh, any of these leftist organizations would have complained and told him to shut up. 
uh, and told him to keep his proselytizing of his woke culture to himself. And by the way, I want everybody to know I made all of that up. Deion Sanders, Sanders has never said a word about anything of the sort. But if he had gone that way, do you think there would have been any complaints like there were when he said, I love God and thank you, God, and I owe him for giving me this opportunity? Absolutely not, because we live in a world that is upside down where good is called evil and evil is called good. He would have been celebrated, and there wouldn't have been a peep from anyone. And frankly, then what would have happened if anyone on the right, and let's be clear, the marginalized group is uh, anyone who has Judeo-Christian values and tends to identify as somebody that's a Republican. Uh, find a more marginalized group in the country. But I digress. Look, had he done what you said? Uh, he would have been celebrated. And if anyone on the right, any Judeo-Christian believing person would have stepped forward and said, hey, I'm sick of this, then, you know, they would have said, stop fighting the culture wars. Stop fighting yep. the culture wars. I mean, it's just, it's it's this circular, inconsistent, um, hypocritical argument every stinking time, man. And it just gets old. Jack Windsor is the editor-in-chief and the founder of the Ohio Press Network. Jack, uh, four days ago, he's also my co-host on the uh, uh, the uh, uh, Talking Smack with Bob and Jack podcast, and uh, we've been doing this for a few months now, and uh, we feel like it's very, very valuable. Uh, we're bringing a very a lot of very important information, some big name guests, and we're bringing some 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 topics and some opinions and some thoughts to the podcast world that um, we think people are going to enjoy. But four days ago, we did our latest episode, and I went off the rails a little bit. I went on about a five-minute rant over a story that you told that is very personal to you because of where your daughter goes to school. So let's talk about speaking of wokeness and speaking of indoctrination and some of the things that we are mentioning here and how how this is being pushed in schools all throughout the state of Ohio. We're going to use Olin Tangy, though, as an example here. Tell people what you have, and that'll probably set me off again. Uh, but that's what that's what that's what led me into my rant because, and I know you wanted to rant as well because this is simply repugnant. But but tell us what's going on. Well, we peeled the curtain back on Olin Tangy as part of a larger report we did in October of last year, where we asked the question, are Ohio schools being transparent with taxpayers and parents about going down in the school, particularly with their LGBTQ activism, the conversations that they're having with kids, the social transitioning that uh, parents and students allege is going on. And we started to discover that there's a lot going on behind the scenes. There's stuff that goes on in schools that isn't necessarily reflected in school policies that you can find online. But when you start asking questions, the common, common response, this isn't verbatim, but, you know, we looked at like Brunswick, we looked at Hilliard, we looked at Olentangy, um, and we looked at a couple other schools. The common theme is, well, we handle that on a case-by-case basis. Well, that would be interesting if... Uh, the way that it was handled was different, but there seemed to be consistency in how it's handled. And it's handled in, look, if, if, if a student wants to socially transition at school, um, we're going to allow that to happen. And if we think the parents don't like it, we're going to keep it from the parents. So what we discovered back then is that there was a biological boy in a girl's restroom. Two girls went in and went home and told mom. Mom called the school. Uh, we obtained an email uh, in the middle of all those discussions that a principal wrote, 
uh, hey, the policy is what it's been for years, and that's if a student identifies as something, then they can use the restroom that they identify with, that the student identifies with. Well, that was that was news to parents. So they started asking more questions, a long way around the barn to get here. Uh, one of the questions they asked was, hey, if I have a religious aversion to this, if, if I and my student do not believe that that a biological boy should use a girl's restroom. Are you going to honor that? And uh, are are you going to alienate or you know degrade my student who doesn't buy into this LGBTQ activism? Well, we obtained an email from uh, the attorney that represents Olentangy Local School District. We obtained it this week, and essentially what it says is this: Your student can have his or her religious beliefs, but this catch-all policy, this anti-harassment policy that we have that takes precedent. So if you have a problem with a biological boy using a girl's restroom or changing space, tough. Uh, the policy trumps that. And oh, by the way, uh, that's one thing. And the second thing is, if your typical student doesn't want to call Johnny Joan, then Johnny's not the problem. The typical student who's relying on science and their faith is the problem. And we would view that as discrimination. Jack, um, I, this is where I went off uh, on our podcast when we were talking about this, because <clears throat> there are going to be children who are discriminated against, and it's not the LGBTQ ch- children. It's not the trans children or the fake trans children or the social, uh, socially uh, peer-pressured children uh, who, are, who are wanting to say there's something else and use these other facilities. It's the ones who refuse to to go along with this and it's the one who refused to call them the by by different names or or refer to them by biological uh sex that they are not or change pronouns and all of the things you just talked about i mean those are the kids who are being discriminated against here and i get so angry and that's why i went off at the, the idea that educators would make the norm be the um what, what what would be the opposite of the norm, the exceptions, that the normalcy of all of the kids who are not trans, they all have to succumb and bend at the knee and change everything about what they say and how they do it for the uh, uh, the benefit of the very, very relative few who are participating in these weird little games or who might be one of the very, very, very low, less than 1% of the population who suffers from actual psychological gender dysphoria. Most of these kids are not. I mean, like I said, the overwhelming number of them are, are, are uh, uh, you know, just going along with whatever it is the trend is and what they're being influenced to do by a variety of sources. But, Jack, that's the frustrating part to me, is the kids who get discriminated against are the kids who just want to be kids and who want to be normal and who want to, uh, you know, call boys boys and girls girls and not be introduced to sexual uh, sexualized materials or, or sex education or sex identification either. I mean, that's the, the kids who suffer the kids like your daughter and the ones who are going to have to uh, uh, put up with this nonsense knowing that if they complain in just the least little bit they're the ones who are going to be made, made out to be the bad guys yeah they are and let's call it what it is it is uh, emotional and psychological abuse it absolutely is and this is the line that i think parents need to be very familiar with and then decide what you're going to do in the state of ohio you have uh, local control so the, the people who are on your school board uh, generally hire the superintendent and really are supposed to keep a watchful eye on the goings-on in the, in the school district. Well, parents need to wake up because this is going on. And, you know, I can talk to my daughter and say, hey, if 
a student comes to you tomorrow and says that she's a unicorn, what are you going to do? And she would look at me and say, I would say, uh, no, that's your issue. I'm not going to go along with it. Well, what if you got in trouble for that? Then all of a sudden, you know what happens to the typical kid? The typical kid starts to feel repressed, starts to feel bullied, starts to feel psychologically and emotionally manipulated. Um, so especially if doing, any of, hey, Jack, especially if any, yeah. any of the other kids in her class or in the school or her friends go along with and say, okay, you're a unicorn, and I'll call you by your unicorn name and your unicorn pronouns, she then becomes ostracized. She is being bullied, whether they actually call her names or not. If she refuses to go along with the crowd, the peer pressure that is saying, hey, respect her pronouns, respect her identity as a unicorn, uh, or we're not going to, you know, we're not going to talk to you. We're going to make fun of you and so on and so forth. She's, she's done. That's why I went off. She would be the one discriminated against here. Yes, she would be. And by the way, uh, you know, why aren't we focusing on addition, subtraction, multiplication, multiplication, division, uh, writing, reading, biology, you know, all of the sciences. Uh, instead, we're spending a lot of time and energy and effort on these things. And it's disturbing to me. I don't think that we have a real clear understanding about how this will play out long term. I can tell you it's not going to be good because you know, God, and here I'm going to play Deion Sanders here. You know, God, God made us a certain way, number one. And number two, uh, if you read scripture at all, you know, he puts on our heart what's right and wrong. You know, we get to choose whether we ignore that or whether we follow it. And the problem with sin is when you do it long enough, you, you, your heart becomes callous and it's harder for you to figure out what's true. But the bottom line is when you have a kid who trusts you, when you have a kid who is naive and innocent, and that kid knows in their heart and in their gut, that right is right and wrong is wrong, and you start taking that away from them, I can't think of anything more abusive and disgusting than that, and that's what's going on. Jack, that is so very well said. I'm glad we spent all of this time on this. We're out of time now. I don't have a chance to get into any of the state house issues, which we'll do next week, because uh, this is going to continue for a while, I think. <laughs> the state house, yeah. issue, state house issues, the division in that uh, Republican caucus, and then the impact of the Democrats is uh, really starting to be felt right now. But we'll talk about that next week. I'm glad we talked about what we did here, because this is so incredibly important. And you know what I want to invite people to do, too? You know, we're focusing on Olentangy, and as you said, that was a part last October of just, you know, the broader picture in the state. But I would like for any parents listening or grandparents listening, if you know of these types of policies, like Jack Red, um, and what is being done to kids going on in your kids' or your grandkids' schools, uh, reach out to Jack Windsor. Um, he does incredible, he and his team, incredible investigative reporting on this, and uh, let him know, let me know, so that we can expose this in every school where kids are being subjected to uh, this kind of treatment. Uh, and you can find Jack, right, Jack, at the website at theohiopressnetwork.com? Theohiopressnetwork.com and jack.windsor at theohiopressnetwork.com is my email, uh, and I do my best to respond very timely there. I know you do. Uh, so reach out to Jack. Reach out to me. You know how to get me. Call me any day with this stuff, and we'll uh, we'll expose this as much as we can in the hope of making a change. Jack Windsor, great stuff, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you later, Bob. Thank you. 1126, right back.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.